Great, great to be with you. Isn't it nice to be with real people again? I mean, <laughs> virtual is better than nothing, I guess, but it's just barely better. This is too good. It really reminds us of what we're made for. We're made to fellowship. I've got a number of friends over the years who've told me with excitement of how they have breakfast together and uh, do communion every day. And I was blessed for them, you know, but I could never get much of a vision for that. Uh, you know, what we're called to do has to come out of Revelation. But in this uh, last year, we've had a bit of time, Jackie and I, so having breakfast every morning, looking at each other. So uh, I just, God had been speaking to me about communion, and uh, it just started coming alive to me, and we've been spending the last probably about a year just doing communion every morning together. So this word kind of comes out of that, the revelation of that, and my desire is, is that I wouldn't just share you a nice story about what we're doing for breakfast, but of course that something would come alive to you. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. It has to be alive in your own heart, so I'm really praying that's going to happen this morning. Matthew 26, verse 26, says, while they were eating, this is the count of the communion, so I just want to say we're doing all right for breakfast, you know. I mean, it's Jesus, the first time he did it, it wasn't some special service with uh, different regulations. It was just Jesus having a meal with the guys, grabbing some of the bread and some of the wine and moving right into the first time before he went to the cross. And uh, that's what we want to do. We're in a good place when we do it with a meal. It's just such an opportunity. You get your family together. You don't have maybe whatever family, whatever meal, family meal you have. I would really encourage you this morning. There's lots of place in the word for that. Acts 20 verse 7 says, on the first day of the week, we came together to break bread. So there's uh, lots of room for doing it corporately like we're doing this morning. I, there's what we can do privately and what we do corporately. There's God on both of those things. But uh, there we see in Acts, and then also we see in Acts 2.46, they met together daily and broke bread in their homes. So there's lots of room for just doing it in your own home, doing it corporately, doing it personally. I just want to smash any kind of stereotypes when it comes to communion and say, let's take off all the restrictions. The Word doesn't restrict us. And uh, let's step into the value of this that I hope I'm going to be able to share with you this morning. So it says, as often as you do this, doesn't say how often often is, so I think there's good room for this, for what we're doing. So stopping in the middle of the natural, natural family meal, or uh, just sharing the bread and the wine, stopping in the midst of that and then directing it towards the cross, and the natural becomes supernatural. It's, heaven gets released in that. So Matthew 26, verse 26 says, While they were eating, Jesus took bread, gave thanks, and broke it, and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take and eat, this is my body. Verse 27, Then he took the cup, gave thanks, and offered it to them, saying, Drink from it, all of you, this is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sin. I think if I was one of the disciples, uh, I would be greatly relieved. If you remember that Jesus... Back in John 6, he says, this is my, what did he say there? Sorry. Let me read that. Unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. So I, I think there's no explanation of that. There's no build up to it. There's just a crowd following Jesus for what they can get out of him. 
Jesus turns to them and says, unless you eat my flesh and drink my blood, by the way, you got no part of me. I, I don't blame anybody for saying, I'm out of here. I don't know what this guy moves in miracles, but this is weird. You want to join with this group and you've got to be accountable. You know? So Jesus turns to disciples and says to them, what about you guys, you know? And they said what we would say, where else can we go? We've tasted you, Jesus. And uh, where can we go? We say the same thing. How, how many have found since you came to Christ, there are lots of room to get offended with God? Well, I'll be honest out there. <laughs> and he doesn't explain everything, does he? He doesn't tell us why or how. He doesn't add everything up and put it in a nice box like we would like it. It's just... Things happen, and they don't happen the way we want them to or the way we should have them. But what happens with us is, like the disciples, truth gets worked out in relationship as we walk with him. That's what we want to keep doing. First miracle, Jesus turned water into wine, we know. And the last miracle that he did before he went to the cross is he turned wine into blood. Well, not really blood. Just relax. I know there are some that teach that have a doctrine of this wine actually becomes blood in the cup, but we don't believe that. It's, it's just natural bread and it's natural wine. But on the other hand, it's more than that, isn't it? Because Jesus said, this is my body broken for you. This is my blood. So there's something spiritual there. There's something there of God to receive. And we don't want to just go through the motions. We've found Jackie and I in doing it every day. It's very easy. We just take a bit of our toast and got in the habit of bringing juice to our our breakfast and it's very easy to just get in the routine of it and just we have to stop each other and say okay let's center on the cross right now this god is here god meets us in that communion and uh, we want everything that he's got for us it's another means of releasing heaven into our life so that's my prayer for us again I just want to remind us that he forgave all of our sins and he healed all of our diseases at the cross. We have to receive that by faith to walk in that. But Jesus didn't just die to save your soul. He died to make you whole. And one of the means of releasing that is found in communion. 1 Corinthians eleven twenty six again. For whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Whenever. Just again, lots of room for doing it often. The Thayer's Greek uh, lexicon says of this word, uh, proclaim. Whenever you do this, you proclaim the Lord's death till he comes. Well, what does that mean, you know? Well, I looked up what Thayer's had to say, and he said it means to declare. So that's what we think of proclaim. I mean, to declare, that makes sense. It's got a little rider on it that goes with it, evidently, in this Greek word. And it means to take for one's use. I really like that when it comes to communion. We're taking, we're partaking of these things for our own use, and we are declaring the power that there is in that every time that we take it. I am declaring this morning, Jesus Christ took my sin and my sickness to the cross, and it's buried with him, and I rise to new life. Every time I take that communion, I want to draw from the life that's in that. Well, let's read John 6.53. Might as well go there. Verse 53 of John 6, Jesus said to them, I tell you the truth, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. 
wow, <laughs> that means there's life in those elements. If you do drink his blood and you do eat his flesh, there is life, not just eternal life, life right now. Abundant life right now is found in those elements. In verse 54, he goes on to say, whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life, and I will raise him up at the last day. For my flesh is real food, and my blood is real drink. Hello, we got to kind of stop there and say hello that for a minute, don't we? I mean, we, we recognize just natural food. We need natural food and drink, and without it, we start getting weak. But Jesus said there's something that's even greater than that. This, this is real food for you. This is spiritual food. You know, we spend so much time in, uh, in diets and uh, what's the latest exercise program. And don't hear what I'm not saying. I'm not knocking that. I mean, we need to look after this temple of the Holy Ghost. But on the other hand, Jesus said, this is real meat. This is real drink. This is something, just as you'll get weak in the natural if you're not eating natural food, you're going to get weak spiritually unless you're partaking of these elements. That kind of makes it a little more than, oh yeah, communion again. Okay, let's do this. Oh, there's something there from heaven. Verse 56 says, whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood remains in me and I in him. That eat and, and uh, drink are both those verbs that we see in the New Testament many times, like where Jesus said, ask and it'll be given to you. The verb is actually a continuous verb. It's ask and keep on asking. Knock and keep on knocking. Seek and keep on seeking. Well, this is a similar kind of verb. Eat and keep on eating. If you keep on, if you eat and keep on eating this, you're going to remain in me. The King James Version says, you're going to abide in me. How many remember that word? That word comes up a number of times in John. In John 15, 5, it says, I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. For without me you can do nothing. But one of the ways we abide in Christ is by partaking of these elements. One of the ways we draw into the vine and draw from the vine life is one of the ways we're going to bear good fruits. Just as the living Father, verse 657, sent me and I live because of the Father, so the one who feeds on me will live. Again, feeds and keep on feeding. There's life there. I want to just keep saying that over and over again from different angles until you believe it. You get it this morning. You don't want to partake of these elements this morning just, well, I guess that's what we do at Oceanside. No, it's got to come. There's got to be life there. I'm praying for that this morning. I think most of us recognize by the time you've been in the Lord for a while that it's a good idea to pray daily. It's a good idea to worship daily. It's a good idea to read the Word. I hope you work those into your day because there's life found in those. But hey, what about communion? You know? <laughs> what about communion? It's interesting in Acts 2, verse 42. They've got this little snapshot of the early church. You've got this explosion of the Holy Spirit. Thousands are saved as Peter preaches. And then right away, Acts 2, we see this church forming. And they devoted themselves to a number of things. It says they devoted themselves to the Word. We go, yeah, that's a good idea. There's life in the Word. Man does not live by word alone, but by or bread alone, sorry, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. I get that. There's prayer. They devoted themselves to prayer. All right, I get that. You know, that's how we connect with heaven. 
need that in our life. A good good idea to pray every day, some stage of your day, and then fellowship. It says they devoted themselves to fellowship. So I get that. I can preach that with real conviction. I really believe there's something of God that we find in coming together that we don't find on our own. And as we come out of COVID, we're just going to be reminded of that as we come together. Something in our worship is just well, it's just glorious this morning to not be looking at a screen, but actually with this family that we love. Yeah, but there's a fourth thing they devoted themselves to. And as I used to teach on this or preach on this, I'd kind of slip, slip this one off. You know, they devoted themselves to communion. But uh, I could never sort of get that. I'm a bit of a slow learner, you know. But it's come alive to me. No wonder they devoted themselves to communion. They realized there was something different in communion. There was something from heaven that we could have. Isaiah 53, back in the Old Testament, says, Surely he took up our infirmities and he carried our sorrows. Yet we considered him stricken by God, smitten by him and afflicted. But he was pierced for our transgressions and he was crushed for our iniquities. And the punishment that brought us peace was upon him, and by his wounds we are healed. We all, like sheep, have gone astray. Each of us has turned to his own way, and the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. This, by the way, was written 700 years before Jesus fulfilled it on the cross. You got Isaiah 53 is just a clear, you know, portrayal of what happened on the cross is so much so it's like somebody is standing there watching it but Isaiah was seeing it in the spirit but he says surely and I, I think that's that word surely is like Old Testament truly truly I mean you can, surely Jesus did this you know it's got impact with that word but surely he took upon himself not just our sin it's saying here our transgressions and iniquities our infirmities and our diseases, our sorrows, sorry, our infirmities and our sorrows. It says in the Hebrew uh, definition of those infirmities is disease, grief, anxiety, sickness. And our sorrows are anguish, pain, and sorrow. Jesus took those to the cross with him. He bore our sin and our sickness on the cross that's why David could say prophetically looking towards the coming cross in Psalm 103, verse 1, forget not all of his benefits who forgives all of your sins and heals all of your diseases. All has got to be all. Why Peter could say looking back at the cross in 1 Peter 2, 24, he himself bore our sins in his body on the tree so that we might die to sins and live for righteousness by his wounds, you have been healed. That's why Matthew could say when Jesus was healing the sick in Matthew eight seventeen, this was to fulfill what was spoken through the prophet Isaiah. He took up our infirmities and he carried our diseases. Infirmities in the Greek, I mean, Matthew's obviously quoting from Isaiah 53, but Isaiah 53 was in Hebrew. And here in the Greek, he's using these words. Infirmities means feebleness of mind or body. Got any old folks can relate to that one there? It's just, we don't have enough for retired people sitting here. Feebleness of body, feebleness of mind. Infirmities means feebleness of mind or body. Diseases means physical sickness, just what it is. So I'm 
giving you the quote of those things of what it means, because I'd, I'd like us, when we take our communion this morning, just to kind of look at those things uh, that Jesus took the cross, and then just ask the Lord right now to come. He says there's life if you eat and keep on eating of my broken body and my shed blood. There is life there. That's my word to you this morning, underlined. So can you stand with me? Let's, uh, let's get out our elements here. Make sure you just take the top layer. We've all learned that. Wouldn't you like to have some uh, stock in this thing here? Oh, yeah, I could do that. The body of Christ shed for us, shed for you. The body of Christ broken for you, the blood of Christ shed for you. Just as you're partaking of that, I want to remind you that just in the natural, what you've just partaken of, I, mean, I know it's hard to think there's any sustenance in that wafer, but it represents bread. And in the natural, God's made these bodies of ours that when that bread and that wine or that juice goes down into our stomach, it gets digested. We know that some miraculous way it gets into our blood cells and then it goes to every cell in our body. And I, I just felt as we're partaking of these, just in the natural, that you see, just close your eyes for a minute and imagine, that bread that you ate and that juice that you drank is right now just in the natural going to every cell in your body. But when you partake of them as we're doing this morning, as communion, they're more than just natural, they're supernatural. They're, they're endued with something from heaven. So just see that going into every part of your body, whatever part of your body that you have this morning. Feebleness of mind. I mean, just see it going into every blood cell. If you're struggling with your mind, maybe depression, and people have had a tough go being on their own especially over the last year just see depression being ministered to right now whatever is in your mind in your soul your spirit physical sickness feebleness of body feebleness of mind feebleness of body what about addictions this morning you're struggling with something Having a hard time giving that up. Just see that Jesus reaching right in. You've partaken of his body. Jesus said, this is my body, this is my blood. You are actually able thousands of years later to partake of the cross. It's actually like taking part of Jesus' body broken on the cross. His back ripped open for you. And partaking of his blood that he shed not just to forgive our sins but break the power of sin in our lives break off addiction now break off physical sickness 
breaking off grief, reaching right into those areas of hurt now. It's been very hard over this season that we've been in to really have a proper celebration service. We send somebody to heaven, it can leave people with an underlying grief about anxiety, about anguish. If we put all of those Hebrew and Greek meanings together, you have to admit it touches these. Jesus said these will touch whatever you're going through this morning. And I want to encourage you today, it doesn't matter how many times you pray, never give up. Little by little, we take the land. We just keep going forward. We don't give up. We ask and we keep on asking. We knock and we keep on knocking. We eat and we keep on eating. We drink and we keep on drinking. Take these elements again. I, I know of people who've taken them a number of times in a day. They're just facing something and saying, God, I want to break this thing. I want to see a change now. I just kept taking it until they saw the breakthrough. I would encourage you tomorrow morning or sometime during the day, just keep going after, going after the work of the cross. Jesus said, receive it by faith, and here's a means of being, being released in your life. Continue to eat, continue to drink. Don't give up. Lord, I just thank you for every person standing here, whatever they're facing this morning, Lord. We're all facing something things we want to see. We know the cross has bought so much for it. It's in your word, Lord. By whatever means that can be released in our life. We say, come, Lord Jesus, come. Come, Holy Spirit, be released in every need represented here in this tent and in this church, Lord God. Whatever people are facing, Lord, I just pray release, 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 release. Release this morning. Release for loved ones represented here, Lord God. We just open our hearts to you, Jesus. Come, Lord. Come, Lord. Come, Lord. Come bring revelation, Lord. Fresh faith that comes from your word coming alive. And now word to every person here, Lord. Come, Holy Spirit. Be released in every life in this church. We will never give up.